0: what's going on, you know, what's true, what's not true. Right. And I would say one of the things we have that in order for us to divine, what is true and what isn't true. One of the things we have to be willing to do is look at our own prejudices, our own presuppositions, our own assumptions, um, the examined and the unexamined, the conscious and the unconscious, um, because otherwise we can't trust our interpretation of information because we will have a tendency to, to skew information such that it supports our beliefs and presuppositions and things like that. Our world I'll just call it worldview um, as a kind of umbrella term for all those things. That's the perfect
1: term because worldview is a network of presuppositions, everything that you've come across in your lifetime, essentially. And uh, I would say into this category of uh, self-evaluation and your own presuppositions would also be whatever sacred cows are in society ought to be examined pretty closely because cognitive dissonance is, you know, potentially within those
0: and uh, blinded from truth thereof right and i and, and i have commented before how that's what i see right now in the world is a a very real and i mean quite literally a, 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 an insanity that is overtaking large portions of the population and i attribute it to that cognitive dissonance that you're talking about cuz there's a great anxiety that comes along with cognitive dissonance, which for those of you who aren't aware of the term, it's in general, it basically means that you hold a conscious belief about something and events and your own actions and the actions of others are contradiction to those underlying well, not only your conscious beliefs, but your they're a contradiction to your principles. and and let me let me back up and say your your conscious beliefs are a contradiction to the underlying principles that you hold Um, and i'd say a great example that i've used many times in the past is like critical theories right where people are mindlessly pushing racism in the name of quote-unquote anti-racism and there's cognitive dissonance there Because it's clear that you're being a fucking racist. But because you're told that by saying these things, and by doing these things, by acting this way, there is virtue in that. And you are an anti-racist. So there's that, that conscious belief that I'm a good person because I think all white people are racist. And I think all white people are bad. And I think we should completely destroy our entire history and all our institutions because they're all racist, right? And yet, down deep where your principles lie, the, these thoughts that you have, these words that you speak, the actions you see others taking are in a contr- are contrary to in contradiction to your underlying principles. because you do believe in fairness and you do believe, in not judging people by the color of their skin. Because those are underlying principles, that contradiction creates a cognitive dissonance. And because they're ramping it up so hardcore right now in every aspect of our society and throughout all of our media, it's creating a high level of cognitive dissonance, which creates a high level of anxiety. And we're seeing people literally acting insane. Clinically insane from all this. I think it's uh,
1: the, the pinnacle of this. If an individual's true goal is the pursuit of truth, um, then it's an exercise really of identifying and then eliminating wherever those contradictions are and having the intellectual honesty to just say, you know, to surrender to truth basically without pride or prejudice or anything. I just, you know, that's it. And, you know, in this whole, and I just jumped in here. So, pardon me if I'm
0: interrupting. You could smack me down. Um, No, no, no. This is an open conversation. Please. I'm loving your contribution. Sure. Um, You know, in this
1: time where a lot of what is filling up most of these, many of these chats and everything is about, you know, what's going on with government and political parties and, uh, where where different actors are stoking flames to pit the population against itself and all of that. Right. Um, some of those sacred cows worth analyzing are the nature of government and the foundations of government where many folks think that the answer is some sort of restoration or return to, say, a constitutional republic uh, and that whole type of thing. And that's on its face, on the surface, that seems fine. Um, but if you really go back and analyze that with history, with contemporary people of that era, and what was happening, where we typically hear about and were raised in most of the literature and things that you can find is very pro-constitutional uh, republic, you know, pro-federalist, we can say, um, then your, your whole thought process is gonna be skewed towards that particular bent you know, that particular angle. And you can't, it's not, it doesn't do any justice in the pursuit of truth, if that's really the goal, to ignore what the opposition said at that time. And I'm not talking about Great Britain during the revolutionary period, but right after that, what were the anti-federalists saying about these things? And is there, is, is a return or restoration of the federal system As it was established via the constitution is that even a worthy thing to pursue and there's a lot of history and the reality that we face that that history those historical figures warned against we now are living and so a restoration restoration in and of itself i believe is not enough because that is one of the sacred cows and there is a massive cognitive dissonance as it relates to that right and i
0: would say yeah, and I would say that a, uh, an excellent counterpoint to that is the actual flaws that are evident in our original constitutional republic because that original constitutional republic has led us here. <laughs> and, a, it was warned,
1: and it was specifically warned against. Communist it.
0: takeover and the banking systems control the country, our media – and really, the world, and this was all the things that you know the founding fathers warned against, and yet it's our system that has allowed these things to perpetuate.
1: Well, and beyond that, um, that's a that's a very very lengthy conversation to have, which would be <laughs> fantastic to have it uh, because it's a, it's very educational. But there's other things that people don't really think about beyond what you just said. They don't think about even the proportionality of the population at the time that that was established versus today, you know, the population density, as it were. And um, when they were when certain people that were also founders, okay, they were the founding era forefathers is probably more of an appropriate term. uh, But there were people of that day who were also revolutionary heroes and such who warned about these things. And this was when the population was less than 5 million people. Okay. Right. And they warned about what the central government would become and that, you, that they were essentially creating um, something that was going to be a worse usurpation of individual liberty than the tyrant king they just rid themselves of, which is pretty strong language for people of the day. You know what I mean? Right. And And now when you go from, let's just round up to 5 million people at, at that point in time, To 330 plus whatever million that it is today, how much more? You know, how much more does that resonate, Uh, and is that valid? How much more valid has it become, really, uh, to to today's world? And you know, the clear answer is it's it's exponentially worse than they warned that it would be. And so, a simple restoration ignores the fact that it is an insufficient system. Even as it was at the time, because it was really just people talk about, you know, when America became a corporation and all this kind of stuff, which is really, it's really irrelevant because go back way prior to that, 80 years before that, 70 years before that, and it was already a train wreck. Already a train wreck. People just skip over all that because it's not really taught much. You have to dig for it. And so it doesn't just miraculously... it is a hopeless endeavor to try and restore something that was broken 232 years ago because we have now modern times the massive population growth and density and what was irrational then is wholly irrational now. It's like inconceivably absurd. And so any, any pursuit of truth and what do we do next needs to acknowledge those facts. They're not just opinions. They're not just you know, interpretations or whatever. And they're not shadow, shadow people making up conspiracy theories or anything. These are historical facts and our modern day reality. They're inseparable from reality or from truth. I and so we have to is,
2: consider that. Go ahead. I think part of it is the way that the uh, system has been presented to the people and how that disincentivized them to take an active role in improving upon the system and iterating upon it, you know, Based on based on how things change over time,
1: but even in that time, that's what I'm saying, uh, Harry, is that you can erase all of the years that preceded past that up until today. You can put yourself back in that era, and it was it was fairly irrational even at the time, except for a very small subset of people, very small well, group of people. Well, it, was, and it was it was, was not representative. Yes, it was it a
2: reactionary, was. and it was based on on uh, you know. I mean, anything we do in the future is based on the past. So they were just trying to create a system based on their experience, you know. Well, there's more to it, though, than that.
1: You know, again, I don't know what anybody's uh, background is in, in terms of researching the history here and beyond the Federalist argument of things or the Federalist perspective. But there's a lot of material that's out there that gives you some insights into the debates that they had, during the Constitutional Convention, the debates that they had at the ratifying conventions, all of these different things that paint quite a different picture than what we're raised to believe. And when you take that into consideration, and the most powerful and noteworthy figures of the time were the ones who basically won in the debate because of public opinion of the people, not because of what they were espousing, but because of who they were in everybody's eyes.
2: Exactly. And, that, that was kind of my point.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you know, a lot of people will say, well, this is something created on on this idea of we the people, and that's actually not true. It is factually untrue. The people were oblivious to it. It was less than thirty nine people who created this. You know? Thirty-nine. Okay. And and the, and it was in a secret convention, no less. Like it was <laughs> The people weren't even weren't even privy to the fact, and the and most of the delegates that went to the convention went there under the auspices or the understanding that they were merely going to debate and deliberate over necessary changes to the Articles of Confederation, because that was put together during the middle of the war and had proven to have many chinks in the armor or inefficiencies or inadequacies, rather, uh, as it was you know to that. But they didn't go there expecting to create some massive national central government that was going to rule over the continent, you know, and right. there's- well,
0: and, and you have to let, let's look at the historical perspective and what the intentions were. So a constitutional Republic, the people are the power and that's why it was structured the way that it was. Now that means also people have the power. People have res- the responsibility. Now, our very first presidential election was corrupted. Alexander Hamilton corrupted the very first election. Then he created the central bank when the country was two years old. In 1791, we got the first bank of the United States and the beginning of foreign control and power over this nation. So it hadn't even gone two years. That's right. Before it, right. the bankers already had taken over, so to speak.
1: And, and he was the first and, Treasury Secretary, Alexander Hamilton.
0: Exactly. And yeah. he was he one was, of the
1: primary writers of the Federalist, Alexander yeah. Hamilton.
0: Yeah, and yeah. he was he was really he was the Washington administration.
2: Right. Can I like, just ask he, you a question? Yeah. Uh, so when you say that the Republic, the power lies with the people, that 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 it that is true in theory, right? But but I think the, the difference is, and this can always be up for debate, is what, what, how, the, how can the people exercise the power that they're given in theory? What are, what are, how is it practically applied, the theory applied it's, to
0: it? It's, it's, I would say the biggest – now, again, you can't separate power from responsibility. We have built a culture of victimization and of irresponsibility. We just want government to solve all our problems exactly. and to give us yeah. all the shit we need. So there's absolutely no responsibility, which means there is no power. So before the people can exercise power, they must take responsibility. Well,
1: and, and there needs to be accountability. We don't have
0: that.
1: Right. There's no, no absolutely. accountability of the these so-called okay. representatives. So, but Harry, Harry, if I right. could, yeah, go ahead. You know, go to ahead. your question though, I'll also add to that. I would say, it is not possible. It will, it will okay. never happen. It okay. will never happen. Not on right. the scale. Not on the scale of a national government. And that's the that's the primary so, thing here. The right, only way you can do this
2: is at a lower level. Two things to that I think part of the reason why people don't do anything is they're paying the government a lot of money every year, and they think that by paying the government that they will do what they want them to do. You are paying people to invest your money in things that will. Extend your best interests, right? You're, they're investors, dude, and and we we have no. We're, we're not evaluating their ability to invest our money when we pick a candidate. We're evaluating their ability to sell us a narrative, and and that's what really I think part part is, is really important to consider, right? Um, and
0: and you remember the model you're speaking about is upside down from a constitutional republic the, the quote-unquote federal government was never supposed to have any power over anything. The most power in the constitutional republic is the individual, then the county, then the state, then the federal government at the bottom of the pyramid. So that you talk about it needing to be on a smaller scale. That is the small scale. Your county can nullify anything and everything that comes out of the federal government. Bingo. And but that's not known and people have been focusing all their attention on the federal government as though it is what's got all the power. And they neglect their county government, they neglect their state level legislators yeah. and so they're neglecting the most powerful Aspects of government with regards to their personal lives and putting all the time, attention, and like you said, money into these people who should have no influence and no power.
2: So, how do we over create more your options? Car. How do we create more options for people to exercise their power under the Republic?
1: It's not that way. It's not like that. It's not creating options. It's a matter of massive nullification. And education so that people understand where, where does, where does government find the ability to do anything. And it truly is at the consent of the governed. And the only way it changes is when that, when the mindset, the cognitive dissonance, the sacred cows, all of those things are out of the way so that people realize I don't need this over me. We can do better. And they nullify all of those things. And, and it's not a matter of, because they're not, you're not just paying them and then they're using your money. It's actually being extorted from you.
2: Okay. So It's, my, not, my it's point not like is, a voluntary payment. My point is, what, what, how do they decide on what to nullify and how are the people involved in that process, right? Like how are the people exercising their power in a way that actually affects change?
0: Well, at the county level, it's, you know, depending on the structure of your county, a lot of counties have what they call commissioners, right? And those commissioners, like legislators, are going to uh, pass the laws that govern your county. And they are all elected. Your sheriff is elected. The judges in your county are elected. So until you start holding those people accountable.
2: But you elect them and then you elect them and then they just you don't you don't you don't communicate with them after that like there needs to be that's, yeah that's the
0: lack active, of accountability
2: as well absolutely communication
0: all the and time showing time. up yeah show up at those county commissioner meetings
3: well you not know, just that it
4: but isn't isn't like showing up sorry jen go ahead
3: sorry no i was just going to say get involved in county boards um i i
1: imagine in most places as where i live i've chaired many county boards where i have networked with specific commissioners and have been able to have a voice in your local government. It's, it's not out of
2: reach. Shouldn't we be doing the work and presenting to them the data and the, and the, the evidence to back up our claims and our assertions of what we want to, like what changes we want to make, because I feel like they, they're, they're, they're spread thin. They, they don't have the time to, to satisfy everyone's wishes. So if people created organizations where they worked to, to prepare diligence materials on certain policies and legislations and actually did the work and cited sources like reliable sources, like and presented them. they'd be more likely to like, listen to, you, you know?
0: Right. And imagine that those community groups you're putting together are also the pool of candidates so that, you know, when you're electing these people in there that, you know what they know, what the community feels is important like there's this divide between the quote unquote political world and the real world you have people who who strive to be politicians and your state legislators they just want to be congressmen and senators at the federal level you know they're they're lost in a world of politics they weren't put to they weren't put in there by the communities saying hey we're going to create a pool Of Within our community of people that will become our state legislators, that will become our county commissioners, and they're going to be well aware and tapped into and held accountable by this group that we're all, we'll call it the concerned citizens group, right? Like we care. We, you know, whether it's we want the minimum wage to be this or we don't want there to be any limitations on the minimum wage. Or we want people to have these gun rights, or we don't want them, but that has to come from the community and start with your county commissioners, your county judges your your county sheriff, and move into the state as well, because that's where all the power is the,
2: I mean, that's your why state special to interest- like,
0: nullify everything that Biden is putting out
2: I mean that's why special interests are always first in line right, because they they present like 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 compelling evidence and data for their own interests right like we need to like in order to compete with special interests like we have to we have to do the same
0: well and it goes beyond that and this is another what i feel another change we need to make to the constitutional republic is uh because it, it's not that their information is so compelling it's that they're lining the pockets of politicians and we should make that but
2: they're professional you know like they they present themselves a certain way
0: Right, they do, but we should have it a part of our county government, state government, and federal government that if you receive any funds whatsoever in any way, shape, or form, directly or indirectly, from a special interest group, a lobbyist, or anything else, that's life in prison. Okay, and what the, what's going to happen? What's going to start to happen is people. You got to remember, psychopaths actually gravitate to places of power. So, how do you keep psychopaths out of your government take away their power and then people who truly want to serve their communities will end up in these positions but they get all their power from these special interest groups from these lobbyists from their buddies who you know are running their construction firms and their side dealing and construction contracts with government funds and And shit like that
2: wall street yeah
0: so you got to, like, again, we change it at the, at the ground roots level, like life in prison. <laughs> life in prison, if you in any way, directly or indirectly, benefit from any law you put forth or any choices or decisions you make on behalf of the county, the state, the federal government, whatever.
1: I think um, if, you, if anybody stops at making changes without an ultimate change – or the goal ultimately being of eliminating the federal bureaucracy altogether, then you, know, you might have some reductions in, in oppression or uh, tyranny over a period of time, but it's just gonna be a pendulum and it's gonna come right back again. So that's, you, it has to be acknowledged that that's a short-sighted vision. Incremental gains are always a positive thing, of course, but the ultimate goal should not be for all of us to go around espousing changes to the republic. The republic needs to go away. You know that that's not helpful or useful in any way whatsoever.
0: And I I, I disagree you with the constitutional need republic need. is where is basically grounded in principles, and the people have the power. I don't think there is a better form of government if we're going to have a government. I definitely don't agree that. As a culture, we're at a place where we can have no government. We would just be taken over by the Chinese. So yeah. why we, why is that?
1: We, why is that? Chinese has 1.4 million people in their military, and we have a nation of 340 million inhabitants with plenty of might and power and resistance and everything else. Why why do people have to jump to that and not, assume that China is going to roll over if
0: you us? Deconstruct it. Not if you deconstruct the republic. So how did And it down to a local level, so there's no did the,
1: cooperation. So that how did the Americans win the Revolutionary War against the greatest empire on the face of the earth at the time? How did that happen?
0: They united.
1: They united, that's right. You could still unite without having a central government. So when the yeah, when the United States there, was formed you, under the, the Articles of, war of Confederation, there was word. not a central government. There was not. You don't you weapons, didn't have a central government.
0: The weapons of war were not the same in 1776 as that's they are right. today.
1: That's right. And, and so if China is going to send a ballistic missile over here, they're going to send a ballistic missile over here, regardless.
2: Well, what does China to have pri- to do with
1: you not wanting a republic? No, what it, –
5: The it's point it's, it's, here, Well,
2: the point is the privatizing police forces and military, right? Isn't that your point, Josh?
1: Well, I think that's a way of, of uh, ensuring those, those protective measures if that's what the public wants. My point here is this. You're not going to correct the system. By just perpetuating the system. But you have
2: to replace it with something. You don't you, have to replace it with the same thing. Your, your
0: supposition here is that we're operating a constitutional republic, and we are not.
2: No, this I'm is not, not su- operating
0: not like a constitutional that. republic. I'm not if saying it, that. We don't have a free market. We, like In reality, yes, changing this to a true constitutional republic okay. with a free market, I, I would agree with you. Privatizing police is the way to go because there's competition. That's, that's how you right. get the best results. Is by privatization. I do believe in that, but that's not what we have. And that's, but the, really, what you're talking about is a constitutional republic. No, it's because not. Because it is absolutely. Remember, no, I know there what were I'm no
6: talking departments
0: about. of the government when it was but, created. But, but you don't. It was you a don't. Small offer thing any meant to them. administer.
3: That's no, I it. Do. I do. You're not offer offering my an hair. alternative, though. All right, well, articulate what, your,
1: what is your alternative? Okay, so the alternative is you do not have to have the central state that exists in a manner that is superior to the several states. It doesn't have to exist at all. Just like these people were conned into going into the Constitutional Convention in order to amend the Articles of Confederation, if, you, if we simply went back to that and went back and amended the Articles of Confederation – with the form of government that existed at that time, it would be exponentially better than it is today. Okay. And that
2: was not a, a constitutional republic. But okay? you're, you're, you're it, making the assumption that it will be better without any sort of like track record of, of having it been implemented.
1: Right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying that what is clear to me is that it's absurd, it is absolutely irrational to think. That the people who created this and the intentions and everything that I'm hearing espoused right now, they couldn't keep it that way when the population was a small, minuscule fraction of what it is today. But somehow people think that we're going to make it be that way with 340 million people. What
2: does population size have to do with it? Because you
1: have a central government. You have 600 or so elected officials, okay, elected Mm -hmm. representatives at the federal level who are overseeing and so-called representatives – of over 600,000 people each, okay? It is disproportionate. There is zero accountability. There is zero responsibility. Yeah, All the things that we just talked thin. about a minute ago. So, so you, you wanna increase government? the size of government? No, heck no. no I'm that's... saying okay. get rid of the federal government and and bring it down to the smaller level that is manageable, that is accountable, that is re- that you can actually, have true representation like already exists in fact so within the state ratio
2: counties. how is the ratio of representatives to the population going to change under that model you you
1: eliminate the federal bureaucracy they are but, no but, more but your, your point was that they're spread at your too local thin level. your
2: point yeah. was that they're spread too thin so how Do is you, the ratio going you you to change under the model answer it
1: or not yeah no
2: i because okay. you're I'm not listening. hearing what i'm saying at all dude i'm telling you
1: you get rid of the federal representation because you don't need it. I get You what, handle get things that. locally.
2: I totally They're get gone. what you're saying. I'm saying so you're, but... you're
1: represented locally, right? Okay. So that ratio is lower when it's smaller, right? Like you have your local county representatives, your local city representatives, whatever. That's, that's a lot more. You can hold
2: those have people accountable. Have you calculated the ratios? Are you yeah, kidding you me?
0: Already, you already have all those things. You already have all those things. And again, right. in a constitutional republic… The county has more influence and power in your personal life than any other form of government. That is already what a constitutional republic is. The fact that they have the federal government, which, uh, again, originally was never meant to be what it is now. It was never meant to have, you know, 500 different departments and a bureaucracy that spans millions of people. Forget about the 600 people in Congress. Look at the millions of people that are employed by the bureaucracy of the federal government. That is not a constitutional republic. Yes, I
6: know. So again, when
0: people realize that that it is uh, when the top down is people, county, state, then federal government, and we start to push our influence first at the local level, you can transform the entire system.
1: Now, if you do that, not a, can, can I ask that, you something? Because you're going yeah. too fast, okay? If you do that from the local level, starting with the individual, which I agree with, by the way, why do you have to keep on going to the federal system? It's unnecessary. There is it's no not, value in it's, that. It's,
0: it's, it, there is in the fact that states will not always agree. That's what the federal government was like. Are you familiar with the Rio Grande River?
1: And so right now you're telling me that the federal government helps make states agree? But, but states yeah, don't have to agree. that was to the agree. original, that was the original
0: intent. The original intent was to basically
2: – Isn't that the beauty of having, like, 50 states, though, is that each state gets to make its own decisions?
1: Yes, I agree with that, and I don't need a federal government to ensure that. Okay? If I like how things are where I live in South Carolina, I can stay here. If I want to go somewhere that's all kinds of liberal and has all kinds of liberal policies and everything, then I can go there and move there and deal with yeah, whatever dude, those, that's, that's those a great, things are.
2: That's a great way to think about it.
5: Well, I don't did need you, the
1: federal government imposing anything ever.
5: Why did you make them a statement, get rid of the republic?
1: Because it's unnecessary. Do you, you know don't have to have
5: what is your definition of republic?
1: I'm saying when I'm referring to the republic, I'm referring to what is known as How they they pro, they actually function within government, and that it has always been that way from the day that it was ratified. Original intent and all that means nothing because it's never been that way ever, even before 1871 and the incorporation. So it has you, never been that way.
5: Do you believe in individual sovereignty?
1: Absolutely. And
5: isn't that a form of a republic?
2: That's not Living. what we like, still have. That the with the decentralized okay. model, right? I mean that's those things aren't mutually exclusive. That's right. I'm, I'm simply saying – look,
1: so I'm not saying there should be – there's no value to a union or um, mutual defense or uh, interstate commerce and things like that or, an, or sort of a, a culture of a national identity. But we don't need to be ruling each other from opposite coasts. Through some bureaucracy called the federal central government, it does right, not but need to not exist. That's not how
0: a constitutional republic operates. It, it does doesn't operate,
1: operate that way. Like, it, no, you're that's living in that's it. You're how you're living in it, dude. You can right, tell me it's not how
0: it's intended
2: to be. This but that's how it's is. not a republic. A
0: constitutional republic. He's saying, he's, saying,
2: he's saying, get rid of the constitutional republic. I think that's his point. Yeah, I know have, he's saying that, and to. I'm
0: saying, and the presupposition is that's what we have, and that's not what we are operating under. It is not I a constant. I
2: agree but that we Even if we under operate under it, it's not a good system. Like It's unnecessary. I, I think it's difficult to, to say that, but I agree with him that it, it's a better model to leave it up to the states. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, it, I'm it hearing does,
0: the same thing. That is the model. That is the model we operate under. It is up to mm-hmm. the states. And the union... The federal government is to avoid having Mexico go – or New Mexico go to war with Texas over water in the Rio Grande. That's the purpose, okay. and that would happen.
1: What you're saying, though – what you're saying is what, what it says in, on paper, not w- how it actually has transpired and what we live under. The despotism that we live under is a fact. It's not just something in writing. It's yeah, a Look at fact. the
0: cause. Look at the cause you've uh-huh. had a central banking system that took over in 1791 okay we By didn't one of the
1: founders who wrote the system by one of the founders no who he, wrote didn't the system, he, he didn't write system. he was involved in the process he was heavily involved and influential in the process i've got yeah, i've got, I've got oh, that's fine that was the he's one of the key players in the federalist dude you can't ignore it it's a fact like it's fine. I agree with you what you're saying. I'm not even disagreeing with you. I'm just saying it's like you want to go back to something that never was. It never was. So good luck with that, because now
2: it's, I mean, it's not only five million are, people, it's neither hundreds of, you are of like millions of people. Thinking, neither of you are thinking illogically. It's just that we don't have any basis to compare it to because it never existed. But we do have the history of failure for
1: that to ever have been contained it within and what the intent that it was failure. constructed as the fact oh. that the central government is overbearing and tyrannical.
2: That's the failure. Are you about the about constitution was so, so assuming, to these things. assuming we install a constitutional republic in the context that Branson is proposing, how do you maintain it, and what controls do you put in place to make sure it doesn't cre- it doesn't end in where we are now? And I'm saying you can't.
6: The okay. corruption
4: will always find its way into the man. The seed of corruption will always find a way into a central it's just inevitable. You can't go back in the totality of the human species and find a group think or a power structure that has ever been not tainted by corruption ever. All right. Hold on. We're uh, not Ryan We're not Ryan, by the do totality. you want to
0: something?
5: Yeah. Um, the absolute power lies in the individual. It's about it's about It's about sovereignty without subject. It's about absolute responsibility for everything that's in your life. Before we talk about the county, before we talk about the state, before we talk about the feds, we have to talk about ourselves. We have to look in the mirror. We have to see that everything that comes to us and everything that's a reflection of us is from within. The people in your life are attracted to you because of who you are and what you do and how you think. And if you, can't con- if you can't clean your own bedroom, you can't you know, change the world. So you gotta be able to get your own house in order. You gotta be the sovereign of your own environment. You can be sovereign of your own life. You can be sovereign of your own family. You gotta be absolutely responsible for everything that comes in your life.
3: And then we can have
5: a constitutional republic. Until you, yeah. until you do it in for- the self, it doesn't matter. You know, we're in the state of New Hampshire and we're trying to put together a committee of safety to, you know, stop the legislature from making unconstitutional laws. It's, it's a great idea, but I'm in this hall with, you know, 50 really interesting, wonderful people who are excited about, you know, participating in creating a better government. But if we're all just completely ignorant and we don't even know the basis of logic and the law, how is it going to happen? How are we going to do a better job than what's going on right now? And to say that the world we live in is a failure is crazy. You know, I go to the grocery store every day. You know, I might be the only guy who doesn't wear a face mask, but there's nobody beating me up for not wearing a face mask. You know, there's there's the Karens and the Kens who complain, but they're not physically coming up and stabbing me. No one's pulling a gun to my face.
1: That's not because of government protection.
5: Well, you know, I've been arrested multiple times, you know, 50 times. But, you know, as soon as I'm in front of a judge, I go home.
1: You what know, does this is have a pretty do, well, it has to does does do, fa- do with the success or failure of the government as it was intended. Well, the point you're is, you're saying it's been successful.
5: Like, really? Yes, I'm saying successful. I have children, they live, they, they they they're no, there's nobody like killing them. I'm not saying that things can't be better, I'm not saying that I'm aiming for things to be better. But you go to the grocery store, the thing's full of food, you go to the gas station,
1: your gas tank gets full, the world's a better place than it. It was. We're and going it's, not be- no. it's not because of the government, though. The government didn't contribute I, any okay, of that.
5: Okay, I'm talking about starting with yourself. All I'm well, saying is if that. we're going to sit here, if we're going to complain and say no, the world's a so, terrible place. I didn't and say the world.
1: In- let, oh, okay. I said the government failed. I said okay. the government failed. But there's the a word, constitutional no. government let failed. Let me clarify something. Not let the, let the world. Let me clarify
2: something. So the reason why we're not, we're not agreeing or we have different opinions on this is because we don't know how pure the constitutional republic was when it was a when it was originally formed and how it was corrupted exactly because we don't have the data. We don't have the information. The information has been compromised. That's why it's important to document everything throughout history and and, and, and make sure and, and audit it and, and, and verify it because and pass along to the next generation because that's why we're in this position now. We don't have a, a, a perfect solution because we don't have all the data from the past to to inform, make an informed decision about the future and what to do. Harry, there's I think, a I think the thing is,
4: can I jump in here? It's, it's, it's the fact of sabotaging ourselves with the language, right? So when we say there is no data, there is nothing, they have taken and stripped it away, that that leads us to a place where there's no alternative. So the fact of the matter is there is data out there. We I'm just not have saying to there isn't it. data. I'm just saying right. that it, it's been compromised. Well, well if, you, if you stop, if you stop, hold on one second. So if, if you listen, when, when our narratives and our perspectives are being challenged, and that's what's happened, that's what I see. I see the, the perspective of what we agree to, our agreements of our perspectives are being challenged. And this is healthy for all of us. I, there's a lot of bright minds in here. Um, and so what's happening is we're, we're at a, a, a threshold where we have to push through the uncomfortable conversation of challenging the narrative. So what Josh is presenting what Brazen is presenting, what we all know, um, our commitments and our convictions as being patriots to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, um, we're at that precipice. We are definitely all searching for the same exact thing and that's truth. And like right now we're in what I would call an Operation Protect and and Preserve. I mean, we are trying to preserve the history as we see it. I mean, and it's changing right here before our own eyes in modern times. So what's happening right here is, is this is a beautiful conversation. I enjoy it. I, I appreciate it. But there definitely is data and information out there. Um, and if you listen to this conversation, it's being presented right now. And what we have to do is we have to subside and we have to observe. I would say that Josh's perspective is, is a perspective that is, is, is definitely um, challenging the narrative of what, what we all would agree
2: is, is where we're heading as far as the republic versus the incorporated America. If you um, have undoctored data, accurate data, you can make an yes. informed decision. I'm just saying that we don't have all the data we need to make like decision that's being presented to us. And dude, most of that is because everything is fucking doctored, bro. Everything is manipulated and presented. It's been happening throughout time. And it's, we see it now coming to fruition because of Trump and the way that he challenged the, the narrative and the data, and and it's all being exposed. But like, there there has to be a solution. We have to put controls in place and reg- regulations in place. That if we if the public asks for access to data, for example, uh, internal data from from the department, the Secretary of State's office in Georgia, and he refuses to release the data, how are we ever going to have an answer? Right? There needs to be transparency.
4: So, so, so my, 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 my response to that would be, what you're looking at is a very, and, and I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way, but it's, it's a very shallow, relevant issue. Um, it, it, because that's who we are. That's our existence. It's challenging our very perspective that binds us to who we are and our identity. We are going to find ways to, to uh, look at the forensics of what's happening right now in current modern times. However, the fact of the matter is the deception starts long before the actual relevant shallow uh issues that we are going through now so if we're going to sit here and battle the branches what we're proposing in this conversation that i'm hearing is that there is a deeper root problem that goes even it supersedes yeah but how do you stop the bleeding bro like you you have to be able to present evidence it's it, it and it's exactly what you were saying there is no evidence to show it's all tainted it's all skewed well you We have to be able to get the bright minds. I would say this group would be like a group of of people that are like, uh, you know, modern day folk heroes. Because the information that's being shared right now is something that's challenging the narrative.
5: Can can I agree with something Harry said that would allow us to move forward where we want to go? And that was the Citizen 7. Go for it, man. The idea of transparency is, you know, I, I can't say enough. I mean, Absolutely. I mean, how are we going to be able to have rules to a game if people don't know the rules to the game? You know, we're speaking conceptually about, you know, how we'd like to see things work. But without this idea of transparency, how can we all get on the same page? And I'm not saying we're going to get 100% of people on the same page, but at least enough people on the same page where we're moving forward on a better tier where we're going today.
2: Can Can I I respond to that? Everything is theater without the data, dude. It's, it's all political theater without, without hard evidence and accuracy.
4: Well, there, there is evidence, and that's what Josh is presenting. And, and, and listen, I, I'm just going to come from a testimonial place. Um, Josh has challenged my narrative, okay? And so he has a massive amount of data. See, what's, what's better than science is new science. What's better than history that, as, as we have been presented? New history.
5: But can you transcend and include, could you, could you take this idea of Brazen and take this idea of Josh and take the positives from both and combine them? Yeah, this versus a democracy versus republic, each one of them have, has wonderful aspects where, yeah, you know, you maybe we'll say this. Own. Well, exactly. And where it comes to the individual, where for me, and I can only speak from my perspective, you know, I look at the republic as this is the real things. Then I look at the democracy as oh, the, this is the world of limited liability. You know, I could start a business, I can make mistakes, I can have insurance, I can go bankrupt, I can lose everything and start all over. But, you know, if I'm in the Republic and I cut my leg off, you know, I'm not getting a new leg.
4: They're both. We are, in a, we are definitely in a world of contradiction. And I think the minds here are, are literally colliding so that we may come to an understanding of, of what truth is. I think truth is, will bind us, but the thing is is we have to get through the deception, and it starts, uh, it starts long ago, once upon a time. When, Unfortunately, we have to start there.
1: When I got into this discussion earlier, and y'all were talking, I think Brazen, Branson – is it Branson? And I agreed uh, to this whole idea of eliminating contradictions, and I think that's – again, the, these are – if that's a universal truth – in the pursuit of truth rather if that's a if that's a uh, a virtuous goal in the pursuit of truth then that's all i'm talking about is you know let's remove so, the sacred cows let's have the discussions and let's not get hung up on on uh y- y- you know because so, we don't have evidence of the future we must cling to the past that's okay, just let saying me, and, and let me
0: offer something that I believe brings all of our points together. I don't think there's any doubt that from the beginning that the corruption of, of a constitutional republic where the people are the are the authority and responsible was the was a central banking system. And when you give control of currency to anyone to any group to any individual it it leads to the absolute corruption of that government because they print the money. So they can pad anyone's pockets that they want and they can influence every aspect of your culture and society to steer the society towards their own personal gains and ends. We now live in a time where we have technology available that could eliminate a central banking system and would eliminate anyone having control over our currency. So I know it seems unrelated, but there's a reason why I've been a voice of cryptocurrencies for so many years. I was telling everyone in 2011 to get Bitcoin, which they would have made a lot of money had they done, but it's a decentralized currency. You have no power or control over it. And that could, uh, by implementing a decentralized currency system and completely eliminating the, really, not just the central banks, it would eliminate the banking systems as a whole.
3: Yeah, I'm Are talking you suggesting about from
0: that they're not Fargo to the Federal Reserve. They would all be eliminated. Are you and suggesting would...
1: they're not uh, taxing people for their capital gains and everything right now in cryptocurrency?
6: Well, Who's another, another, people? A, a, another, like another
4: perspective yeah, on the people. cryptocurrency is, is the fact that, um, as we know, the central banking systems can print as much money as they want, correct? What's to yeah. say that, that they're, not, they're not the whales coming and swooping in all the Bitcoin? And, and what's, to say, what's to say that they're also not extracting the sweat equity from the Western society? Because everybody's jumping in and, and mortgaging their houses and jumping into Bitcoin. Um, with, with the uncertainties of the future with technologies, um, moving into the, 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 the immersed augmented realities and going to these technologies, um, I question it. Uh, because, like, like um, is it, uh, yeah, Ryan was saying, being an individual and stepping off the merry go round um, and just being accountable, right? With our ones and twos, planting in the dirt, getting out there working, creating your own ecosystem, creating your own, your own uh, economics. You know, just being able to to have proof of work, your own sweat equity still in your pocket, in your safe, uh, whatever your goods may be. Um, I have I have when it comes to the cryptocurrency. Now, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not not against. I'm just keeping in perspective that because it's decentralized and it's kind of the wild, wild west still, so so to speak, that I see it as a potential extraction of the Western wealth. Um, because we don't know who these players are internationally that are, are creating some of these um, these movements with the cryptocurrency. Now, I, I have crypto, so
5: but I, that, I just wanted to say that. Are you saying that for Bitcoin, or are you saying that for all cryptos? You're saying that some of the cryptos you're concerned about,
4: which seems would to be say, a legitimate concern. Yeah, I, well, I just I just say, you know, with it still being, um, you know, in, in, in the position that it is, it, it, yeah. it seems as if, there's a lot of people that are gravitating to it, and there is a shifting coming without well, a doubt. I, I can
5: say I'm one of those people who knew Brandon back in I think 2012, and he was telling us about crypto, and I understood where it was coming from immediately. And, well, crypto,
6: uh, crypto
4: as we know it now, definitely there's a lot of benefits, um, and there's a lot of you know, I mean, there's a lot of capitalizing off of it. I meant, um, forgive me. He was telling us yeah. Bitcoin at the time, which was the one
5: in right. play right. before things became more complex with crypto technology all around
1: there's also risk i have some some crypto invested and the service or uh whatever you call it the uh exchange that i use suddenly just said hey your account is restricted for now and that was a month and a half ago and i can go and trade back and forth between the different things
2: but i but i can't knock before you come in my room what i didn't hear you all right i'll take it down harry (laughs) you're not muted
7: I, I had something um, uh, to kind of, whoops, some of the yeah. earlier, what I'm, a lot of times like, you know, cause I'm thinking of this whole thing. We're talking about the the history. We're talking about the, the original uh, Republic that to all of us is, is kind of like a, like it's in our imagination really, because I think all of us are kind of seeing, we never really experienced it in our lifetime. Um, so we're all imagining what that even looks like. We're imagining the characters. We have our history. Oops, excuse me. Um, right, but bit. so something, you know, a lot of times I'll have to go to a metaphor for me to try to understand what's going on. Um, and I'm, I'm hearing this, this thing with the ship of state, right? The ship. And if something, you know, there's all these parts. And as I'm seeing it, like, we have the Republic like a ship. But then you have the captains that are steering the ship. And, you know, if something goes wrong, you you know, you got to kind of look at, well, was it it something wrong with the ship? Or was it just the people who were steering it? What's fueling it? Is it the wind? Is it just a storm that nobody could have prepared for? Or what is it? And in the end, it's probably a combination of all this stuff. You know, we've brought up people have kind of you know, there's there's human fallibility or whatever you want to call it. You give someone a bunch of power and it corrupts absolutely and so on and so on. But in the end right now, it's like, you know, if this ship that we're all kind of together on and we're sort of looking at, maybe we're all making little lifeboats and just trying to get off of whatever we're, whatever this train train is or ship is that that is going in this crazy direction and it just looks like we're taking on water. Everything's kind of losing its, uh, its grip on reality. Like what we think like ways we were raised where it's like, you can work hard, you can have community, you can have good relationships. Um, suddenly you can't even you know, go out in public without hiding your face. Like things are going nuts. And so I, I'm not saying I, I, I just like to bring in these metaphorical ways of sort of developing this understanding because I, I really think it's a combination of all of it. I think that the, the, the power of us understanding our history and somehow salvaging, because I guess again, I'm using the maritime language, um, this, this amazing creation that somehow got us this far, like running on fumes. I mean, that's, so I I tend to agree with Ryan that even with how how much corruption is embedded and has been like my whole lifetime, somehow we're here. And most of that is based on the hard work of all our ancestors and communities of so many years. Um, But I, uh, anyway, I, I really do just have this respect for it, but also I do see this need that, and I, I thank you, uh, Josh, for just getting us into the state of like, well, we don't owe it uh, the secret cow status or whatever. So anyway, thanks everyone for the the, the viewpoints. And I, I hope my metaphor kind of <laughs> has some weight.
0: Absolutely. So, And let me bring it back around with you know, where we started in discernment, right? And deconstructing ideology. So first thing I would invite any of you to do with regards to your conversation around a decentralized currency system, and it is far superior than a centralized one, but the way I hear y'all speaking about it is you're speaking about it as if it's a security that you purchase with your federal reserve notes and that you earn more federal reserve notes with it if you look at it as a currency meaning no more federal reserve notes and it is a currency it cannot be manipulated as as easily as they've been manipulating currencies that they have absolute control over for hundreds of years now so yes can they buy a lot of it but yeah it's not a security so at some point, they got to spend it <laughs> if it's our currency. So, and even the whales now, they, I'm, a lot of them did buy in. A lot of the banks bought in years ago. But here's the thing. If they sell, who buys it up? We do. And so they're caught in, a, in a, between a rock and a hard place. Like, yeah, we could dump it and offset the price for temporarily, the value of it temporarily, but the, the value of a currency is based on its demand. And if it is the currency that we buy and sell and trade everything with, and it is a currency and not a security, because that's how people are looking at it, that's how people are treating it, it is not a security, it is a currency. And when you start to see that, like I've seen the value of all the Bitcoins I've bought increase thousands of times their value over time. And that's, I've never seen that with the dollar. The dollar has only lost value in my entire lifetime. It has never gained value. And this is because a a true currency, its value will always be determined by its demand. And when it becomes the medium of exchange in everything we do, its demand gets higher and higher and higher over time. And because the quantity is set and will not go beyond a certain point, it is guaranteed to gain value over time, which means that your, your savings, if you want to call it that will always be increasing in value as opposed to your dollar federal reserve note savings that will always lose value over time. So with more people coming into the world with more financial transactions in our future, demand on currency will always be increasing because there will always be a demand to engage in commerce. So that's one of the, again, look at it as a currency and, and realize, understand that even the dollar, its value is based on the demand. The problem is, is that the federal reserve can just print it up and and create digital numbers in banks accounts that have no basis in anything and they can inflate that quantity ad infinitum they can c- continuously increase 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 pump it pump it pump it which means over time it will lose more value and that's so that's the clear distinction i wanted to make here is is looking at it as a currency and realizing that when it's set in number and that its value is based on demand, just like the dollar. In fact, the demand for our dollar is why we fight wars for oil because we want people to trade in dollar. It increases the demand for the dollar, which thereby increases the value. But when you just keep on printing it, it will always lose value over time. So we really, if you look at Why do we fight wars? To increase the value of the dollar, to increase the demand on the dollar. When we took took over control of Iraq, why did we do that? Because we wanted them to trade their oil in dollars. Plain and simple. And that's how we increase the the demand for US dollars, which because they print it just uh, uh, indiscriminately, it will always lose value. So again, I wanted to make that distinction again we're, we're, we began this conversation, with making discernment, making distinctions, and being able to get at the truth of something and take that into consideration when you look at cryptocurrencies. And yes, not all of them are created equal. I would stay the hell away from uh, Ethereum. I would stay the hell away from uh, Ripple and the XRMs. These are centralized. These are not true cryptocurrencies. And I notice that there's a lot of hype around those in this community because who, who's going to control it? If they got everyone to adopt like XRM, right? And Ripple, Ripple's cryptocurrency, then they can control it. If they could get everyone to buy into Ethereum, well, then they can control it.
5: And that's me
3: the opposite. Let me bring that back real quick to responsibility, Brandon, because in using or acquiring or engaging with cryptocurrency at all, you've got to take it on in personal responsibility. Because if you don't, like uh, Josh was saying, there's a high level of risk in leaving it on somebody else's server or having somebody else trade it or uh, store it or protect it for you. So if you don't take full responsibility and if you don't act responsibly, you're going to be operating with a high level of risk. I know people that that have hundreds, if not thousands, of Bitcoin on a laptop somewhere in a dumpster that they threw away years ago. And they're shooting themselves in the foot right now because they didn't act responsibly in relationship with it. Had they, they'd be sitting pretty today with millions of, of dollars in Bitcoin. Or as to, to say, uh... with a value to that. Just to
1: clarify, I invested like $250 just to test this stuff out and put it out there. And one week later, I get a notice saying your account is restricted and we're busy right now, but we'll get to you as soon as we can. There's no way of communicating with anybody. There's no responses to anything. So I know your statement was general, but I just want to clarify. I haven't even done anything, but just put in some money and see how, you know, how does all of this work? and then the next thing you know i can't yeah. do anything with it so i am there's going through uh, a
0: there that's has going through been a one if of the you largest a wallet and you use the bitcoin infrastructure the open source infrastructure that's there and you just use it as a currency like oh here's my bitcoin address send me my send me the payment and i'll do that job for you 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 don't have the issue of dealing with these intermediaries who are acting as middlemen in the yeah. purchasing and selling yeah. of them. And you I have get, to get it. Get money into
1: the wallet. You have to get yeah. money into the wallet, and that's exactly what I was doing. I was transferring right. it you, into a wallet, and now it says restricted.
0: Yeah, and that and there is again there are ways. Like I said, if you you start dealing in business that way. Wait, wait, wait.
3: You'll were say, you yeah, saying I take I take Bitcoin, Josh? Josh were you saying that? Your wallet was restricted, or the platform no. you were buying from was
1: restricted. No, I bought from Uphold. Okay, yeah, and at one point I was transferring what I had in Uphold to Atomic, and it just said the transaction was unsuccessful, and your account's under review. And that's a month and a half ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, one of the largest heists in in U.S. history, at least, was the Mount Gox heist, where they got they they lost I don't know how many millions of Bitcoin. In yeah, one, and it was definitely one definitely an inside job. And My that's that's minute was hackers, quote unquote. Yeah, we got hacked, quote unquote, hacked. Whether it was an inside job or an outside job, the fact remains, a obscene amount of Bitcoin was stolen from people. I mean, it, I mean, at hundreds of dollars per Bitcoin, it was still what like two hundred and fifty million dollars worth of Bitcoin at the time, and that would be you know, exponentially uh, compounded at this point.
1: Well, I'm a little, but my, my, no. my, my point in the whole thing is,
3: yeah, my, my last point here, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is because if you get your cryptocurrency, no matter what it is, and you're able to control it, keep it offline and be responsible with it, it is in the, in, it's an enormous asset. But if you put the responsibility of safekeeping in some other company's hand or the responsibility of purchasing it in another company's hand, any responsibility along the purchase or the' they'll say I'll say the acquisition or the storage or the ex- expenditure of it, any part of that entire process in somebody else's hands, you're running a huge risk because the majority of these cryptos are extremely difficult to track if they're even able to be tracked.
1: So what would the suggestion have been in this case where I had to buy into the system somehow? So that's how I did it off of other people's recommendations and a little bit of research. And again, for me, this was like going to the arcade and spending a few bucks just for some entertainment because I don't have a high degree of confidence in in crypto anything. And this just really solidified that for me. I didn't do anything irresponsible. I bought into the system as I was told was the way to do it i had to prove my identity and all this for tax purposes which just really thrills me by the way and you know you know
6: the coinbase was uh caught manipulating um selling and buying when this when the crash was happening last year you guys can look up the articles on it so coinbase itself the base um the exchange so the exchanges are doing this what they'll do is they'll just you know, decline your 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 order, your order, order, order. So that's how they manipulate um, this market right now. They can still do that, obviously. Well,
1: well right now my money's tied up. I can't do anything because Uphold doesn't respond worth of beans. It's totally, like, there's no building I can go to. There's no person I can call. There's no chat that I can have with somebody to inquire about it. I get automated responses. Just hear me out. I get automated responses saying, you know, we'll get back to you when we can. Uh, it's usually fast, they say, but then they don't do it. Whereas if it was my bank, I could go to the bank and walk in there and say, hey, what's going on with my account? So this crypto stuff has just basically left me high and dry right now, hoping that I get a response to some messages someday.
0: Right. And and like I said, I got in early, many, many years ago when there was no regulation whatsoever. There's ways around it because you could just set up a VPN and go through some foreign exchange somewhere and not have to deal with what you're dealing with now. Um, However, I would say a great entry point, I I, I don't know what your status is in the the workforce, but see, I've always been independent. So if somebody wants me to do work for them, I could say, yeah, I I take Bitcoin. Here's my Bitcoin address. Well, how do I do it? Just get the cash out. You get the cash app, it'll hook to your bank account, and you can send me Bitcoins directly. And that's and that's a way to start building up your Bitcoin holdings is to start contracting with them. Use it like a currency. Don't look at it as a security. Like, oh, I want to own shares in stock. No, no, no. It's a currency.
1: Before start, I do that, I have to trust the system. And right now, I don't at all.
3: Trust a yeah, friend. Well, you, don't, you, it's can, the you can easily find somebody on this chat or somewhere else that you can trust a friend even that would be willing to make a transaction with you. You know, if you know somebody who's recommending uphold, which I've never really even heard of, and I've been in this game a while, I I would say, Oh, if if you're really recommending uphold, you know, why don't you just sell me a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, whatever the going rate is today, I'll pay you that. keep $5 for yourself or something. That's the easiest, fastest way to get into it. set yourself up a wall and have a friend send you something. I have a wallet. Okay. I have so but easy, easy, when
1: I go in place. I I'm not gonna have my, <laughs> my payroll my payroll's not being deducted <laughs> or excuse me, my payroll from my employer is not going into some crypto wallet. And and either way, back to the whole thing that Brandon was talking about with the banking system and everything, there's still withholdings, there's still all of these things. The government isn't changing anything. Just because some people are going into cryptocurrency and somehow avoiding taxes or whatever, you know, so that's not going to bring down the federal Leviathan. And I agree and either- that
2: I agree that <laughs> no, like, I agree that customer like experiences and shit like, you know, builds trust of a particular system. But with Bitcoin, there's a finite supply, so they don't have any incentive to retain like to have recurring revenue or retain customers because if they can just siphon off. You know all everyone's Bitcoin, like they'll have the most supply of it, in it. you know what I'm saying
4: can i ask can I ask a pretty simple question here um and this is just uh off the top of my mind. What do you guys think the biggest weapon formed against us is? Would you guys think that it's it's people power technology um, do you think that that with with moving and projecting into the future with technology and I personally believe that technology is the biggest weapon formed against us. So once we start agreeing to putting all of our sweat equity into this technology infrastructure. Did you just ask the question,
5: give us the answer, and then go into the discussion? Pretty much. (laughs) Okay, cool. All right, keep going. It's fine. I just want to double
6: check.
4: (laughs) So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm just getting it all out of the way, uh, and then I'll just go back into the shadows. Um, So... So to me, I, I feel, and I don't know about you guys, but it's hard for me to put my faith into a system that I'm already um, side-eyeing, you know, like I don't feel as if the technology is going to favor us uh, in the future, um, you know, it's, if, if, if all of my assets are, t- are tangled up into uh, an infrastructure that is an invisible infrastructure, um, a power grid, uh, a server, uh, network system. Um, I know we can pull it out in wallets and we can store it away. But do you guys feel like in the future that they will have more control over us if they centralize the cryptocurrency world? And I'm just asking um, because I really don't have a lot and I may invest more into it, but I have some fears um, because I feel like I'm walking away from technology because I feel like it's, it's a weapon um, and I don't want to get uh, tangled up in the snares of the future infrastructure.
0: I would say first and foremost, ahead of technology, as far as as what's being weaponized against us, is number one, the banking system, the the system of, of, of mediums of exchange and controlling that. Second, I would say is media. That is what's poisoning the world. It's poisoning the way they think. It's poisoning the information that they believe to be true. It is an absolute uh, system of not only corruption of, of governments and of, of, the, of our, our culture, but it is absolutely working to undermine and devolve and, and collapse our culture and our societies. So I would say those two are ahead, but technology is definitely up there because that's what they're using. In fact, media it comes to you through some form of technology, whether it's a television, whether it's your cable lines, whether it's YouTube. So these are all quote unquote technologies. And when you start to look at how they, how they even use technology to uh, sterilize the population and things like that, like, yes, technology is, is definitely uh, an issue, but it's more of a medium. You know, what you have to look at is there are groups of people who want to control the planet, okay? And they want to control the planet through the the, the only reason they can control the planet is because they control the currency systems, the, the monetary systems. And so they can manipulate and influence media and they can manipulate and influence politicians. But it's, it's really, it's the, the threat, the danger... Is having control over the levers of our society in the hands of very few who have really the capacity and ability to have unlimited influence over every aspect, over every institution, over every facet of our culture.
4: Do you think what's the percentage that you would think that are people actually engaging with the the cryptocurrency uh, community currently?
0: the percentage of the population.
4: Yeah. Do you think it's like one, ten percent of people that are actually invested into the cryptocurrency? I mean, is it like do you guys know if it's if it's a big percentage or is it still super small?
0: I would say that there's a lot of people who look at it as a security and who so they look at like they're investing in stock and they buy and sell it and stupid shit like that. Um And I'd say that there's a a much larger percentage of that than people who actually see it and treat it like a currency. Um, So as far as usage, like how how many people use it as a medium of exchange, I would say much less than 1%. And then, you know, maybe 10% when you consider that like a lot of these you know, four hundred and one ks and hedge funds and stuff. They they all have holdings in bitcoins as well. So it's it, it if you're in indirectly, I would say it's influencing the retirement funds and things of at least ten percent of the population.
4: And then, do you do you guys think that the um, the future of of the way that uh, the government may the government may play a role in centralizing it? or like somehow controlling the narrative in the future? Do you think that that's that's a heavy possibility? Or do you think that'll just stay decentralized?
3: It
0: it can't, yeah. As far as true cryptocurrencies, you can't decentralize them. Now, they, or that you can't centralize them. They they put, they're putting into place their own quote unquote cryptocurrencies, right? They're going to have the digital dollar and the Chinese have the digital yuan. And like I said, there's that's what Ripple the, is. Yeah, and that's the Ripple and you and uh, the other one, uh, Ethereum. These are centrally controlled. So not all digital currencies are cryptocurrencies. A cryptocurrency is a truly decentralized system and cannot be centralized. It just can't be. It's the nature of the technology itself. And so... And in, that,
3: in that light, the Federal Reserve... Or not the Federal Reserve, but the U.S. government couldn't even use it because they don't own it and control it. It's outside of their jurisdiction, so they can't adopt it, so to speak. They've got. To so use how much? How
4: much? How much cryptocurrency control. does the government own?
3: Uh, a well, lot. I have no idea. <laughs> it's an open source technology, so you could go right. on the blockchain and look and see which wallets you can. Who owns the wallet? But you can see which wallets ah, and how much. Okay. Of it.
6: Total population uh, usage right now is eight percent in America. Majority of them are millennials. I just looked up this article and posted it in the chat. If you guys want to check it out, uh, pretty interesting. I mean, as far as total goes, um, that's higher than I thought. And Branson was pretty close with his ten percent guess there. Um, and and yeah, it's it's a pretty good topic, guys. You guys are grabbing a, You guys are on fire.
3: <laughs> One of the other things I wanted to bring up about this too, to uh... Sorry, to address, I forget whose question it was earlier, um, but talking about if this is a tool to bring down the, the corporate U.S. Or, or maybe transition from the corrupt state that we've got now into whatever is next, I don't think this is really that. It's not a way to tear down or rebuild any type of government structures, at least in the ways that I see it. But it is, it does exist as a parallel, something that we've talked about in this group before, something that exists parallel that serves as a option or an alternative to a current system. So right now you could choose to, to spend Bitcoin on paying you know, some contractor instead of using dollars. You can start to phase out or replace. Um, and, and with all the cryptocurrencies out there, it's just a matter of finding out who will accept what crypto? Now, Bitcoin's the biggest one, so it's super easy, but it's also pretty expensive at this point to make transactions with. So it only really makes sense to make large transactions with. But there are a ton of other ones that you could find. And if say, like the guy who mows your lawn or the guy who you know is fixing your roof or whatever, uh, accepts Bitcoin, you could pay him in that just because. You put two hundred dollars in, you know, a year ago, and now it's worth a thousand. Then you owe him a thousand dollars. You're like, cool, here, take this Bitcoin, and that's just a way to start transitioning outside the, those systems that are heavily controlled and manipulated. So it's not a way to tear down. Again, it's it's, it's an alternative.
5: But it seems like a great tool to if you want to have individual sovereignty. It Seems like it gives you the power in your own hand instead of giving the power to someone else. And that is how we could start moving into the idea of having a republic.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Because at that point, if you, if everyone tomorrow said to hell with federal reserve notes and just stopped using them and everyone had Bitcoin wallets and transacted all their business through Bitcoin, it would kill the banking system. It would die. Because it would no longer have the power and control over us, because it can print as much as it wants. If we, if there's zero demand for it, it has zero value, and so they could print billions and trillions and quadrillions of dollars, and it'd be worthless to them, and they would have no power over our commercial systems. They would have no power over our personal lives. To me, it is an essential element to bringing to the foreground to restoring a constitutional republic is taking that central control of our banking system out of the hands of the few because that is at the root cause of the of the destruction of our republic and the usurpation by these foreign powers by these bad actors who have con- who now control every aspect of our society because they had control over our monetary systems? I mean, it all comes back to that. Without taking the control of our monetary system away from them, there, we 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 have no power because they can influence every level. They could, I mean, they could literally buy up every politician at the county level, at the state level, at At every level of government everywhere, they can influence corporations. They can influence the media. you know. So if we, again, tomorrow, everyone stopped using the dollar, they would lose all their power.
3: And the cherry on top is that if they decided to buy up all the Bitcoin in existence with whatever fictional currency they do have, then everybody would be able to see it as it's an open source system and go, eh, we're not going to use this anymore. Look at somebody else, 50% of it. Let's use this other one instead. And we would just transition to a different crypto. That's the power in having a diverse, huge bank of cryptocurrencies out there.
5: And even if they bought half of it, they still only have the control they used to have. So it's going in the right direction.
0: Right. And really, they still have no control because they can't print anymore. They can buy it, but they're going to have to sell it. (laughs) They're going to have to use it. Again, if there were no dollars... The only way they could buy things would be with cryptocurrency and so it would have to be spent. You can't just hold on to it. There's there's no gains in just holding it. Again, if we uh, if you got to look at it as a currency. If if that's the currency and that's what we're using as a medium of exchange to buy and sell goods and services, well then they'd have to spend it. Because holding it would give them no power. And let's say their intention is to, well, we're going to drop the value by just dumping it all. Fine, dump it all. (laughs) The fact is, it's still the medium of exchange. So yeah, the value with relationship to the Federal Reserve note may drop, but the supply is set. So the demand will still be there and the value will go right back up because it's being used as a currency. So, again, don't look at this as a security that you invest in. Look at it as buying into your future currency and just hold it. Don't trade it. Don't buy and sell it. Don't try to make more Federal Reserve notes on it. Just buy it. Just buy it. Just buy it. Because the supply is limited. And at some point the cryptocurrencies are the only way out of this it's the only way to eliminate this level of corruption and control that has taken over every government around the country
6: just want to add you but know um that i do agree with with in here as far as uh it being the future because bill gates uh As recommended that average people should not get into cryptocurrency, especially Bitcoin, because it's too pricey for us to to be playing with. Um, So having said that, also that um, I I do want to point this out, though, because uh, I feel like corporations are ahead of us in this um, game that we're playing or they're, they're playing with us. And what I mean by that is I've I've thrown this out there in Davos um, in 2021 uh, they they had a convention in January right and basically they're saying that we're going to be switching over from stakeholder a sh- shareholder capitalism to share stakeholder capitalism, what that's gonna do is create more bureaucracy, more checks and balances, and more uh um sort of like agencies to to make sure that we're not doing certain things or we're gonna to have to get permission to do more things. And and they're gonna point it out as a narrative at as as we all need to be more responsible, these these companies need to be held responsible, and we're all stakeholders. Customers are stakeholders, so are uh, so it shouldn't just be the shareholders that are that are making the ultimate decision. And that's the narrative that's going to be sort of painted going forward. And having said that, um, just the fact that Elon Musk did buy 1.5 billion at 36,000, it did just in one week make their shares increase in price, I'm sorry, in value. So, so if they bought $1.5 billion, they made $900 million can, within a week.
5: Can, can I invoke the Republic?
3: Absolutely.
5: Okay, I'd like to invoke the Republic in the sense that there was this gentleman on the call who was speaking earlier, who was very articulate, and he, needs to, he wanted to spend $250 to get a cryptocurrency. I think all 15 of us on this call owe that gentleman uh, the support to make sure that he gets his ledger and starts controlling his own crypto privately. And I don't know if oh, you gentlemen agree.
0: I'll donate yeah, I, I think that's the only way to go. Like I, another person in our group uh, last week lost a significant amount, over $60,000 worth of Bitcoin because he was relying on these 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 proprietary wallets and things like that um and i get that there there was definitely a a barrier a technology barrier where people who don't understand it don't know where to go with it um i would say that that's that's why a lot of people came to me years ago to create a trust with bitcoin because I understood the technology and I could acquire it, and I could put it in a wallet and I could keep it secure. So the, there's definitely a learning curve. So there's a barrier there in the fact that if you don't understand it, you can easily become uh, a, a victim to it because you're you don't you you don't know what to do and what not to do right you don't know about these platforms that you should be staying away from and then you don't know any other way of acquiring it without going through these platforms you don't know what a wallet is you don't know that there that the bitcoin uh structure itself has a wallet that you can install on your computer it's an open source system that is secure especially if you use pass phrases don't keep your wallet online things like that the the only way you can ever have your bitcoins stolen is when you when you don't understand the nature of the wallet and you have an online wallet that you're holding on some platform that for all you know they could just move it out like they did at Mt. Gox at any point and boom all your bitcoins are gone and they could claim oh sorry we got hacked because the nature of bitcoin is that it just ends up in a wallet somewhere and nobody knows who owns that wallet. So all the funds just disappear off of a platform and they're gone. So there is definitely a barrier to understanding it, a a barrier to the technology um, that I, I would say start learning, you know, start learning. How a Bitcoin wallet works, the distinction between an online wallet and an offline wallet that you could actually uh, not only secure any money coming out of your wallet with a passphrase, but you can also learn encryption technologies and encrypt the wallet file itself, you know, so that it goes an extra step because... If you can encrypt the file itself, then no one could ever even open the file to see what the balance is in the wallet. You know? The only time I would ever open the wallet is if I'm expecting a payment. I'll open it up. The payment comes in. I shut it down and I encrypt it and then store it in many different safe places. And it's secure. No one could ever get the the file itself no one can ever get the bitcoins out of it so there there is that that understanding the technology that i feel is extremely important for you to be secure cuz the gentleman that i'm talking about who lost over 60,000 in bitcoin last week he's tech savvy he's he's no idiot You know, he's been. In fact, I met him when I ran a media company, and he was one of our artists. He was a graphic designer. He's extremely competent with a computer, but he had a, a flaw in his Bitcoin holdings in that he was using these proprietary wallets, and somebody just sucked out his bitcoin somehow got his passphrase and just sent it away from his wallet
5: you know i'd like to bring up the point i think it's josh who was having trouble so i think as a group we should support josh in getting on board with crypto so we can get a taste of what this republic idea actually
0: means absolutely absolutely and i do feel that like again Uh, And restoring the republic, and you know, you guys have heard me talk about this for years, that it's not about going up against this corporation, it's about creating an alternative to it, something parallel to it, that when we get a a, a critical mass, enough people operating in the republic, the corporation will die. It can't live without our attention
5: or it gives us a choice to choose. Do we want to live in the fiction or do we want to live
4: in a real world? Absolutely. At least in our lifetime, right? We'll be able to utilize either resource. Um, Our family is, I mean, we're stepping off the system as we know it. Uh, You know, we're, we're going to be traveling and creating our own little ecosystem, you know, off the sideshow. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, uh, Happy to have joined your guys' group tonight for the discussion. Um, I look forward to seeing you guys again and having discussions. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to sign off. You guys have a great night.
3: Thanks, Citizen. You, you, back. you
0: too. All righty. Well, I think that was a great conversation. That's it. I'm out. Peace. Have a great evening, everyone. Amen, everybody.
3: Thanks. Peace.